0: Hello everyone, I'm Paris Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership with Tom Fox, hosted by Richard Lummis.
1: What makes a great leader? Is it genetic or can you learn leadership skills? Join Tom Fox and Richard Lummis in this podcast, where they consider leadership from a wide variety of perspectives, academic, behavioral science, history, popular culture, the movies, and much more. You'll learn about specific tactics and strategies that you can bring to your own leadership toolkit. 12 O'Clock High is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Richard Lomas is on assignment this week, so I host an episode where I visit with Paul Mueller, and we talk about the attributes of a healthy organization. I know you'll enjoy it. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. And today I have with me Paul Mueller. And despite the fact that he went to Notre Dame, uh, we're going to have a conversation today. Uh, I should also add, in addition to Michigan and UT, I went to Michigan State. So I have the triumphant of ass whoopings from Notre (laughs) Dame football uh, that I live with on a regular basis. So, Paul, first of all, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to
0: visit with me today. Thank you, Tom. I really appreciate the opportunity.
1: So, Paul, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your professional background and about focal Point Coaching and
0: Training Excellence. Certainly, thanks for the opportunity. Um, so, as a career path, um, after I graduated from Notre Dame, and thanks for giving me the opportunity to demonstrate that Notre Dame graduates can be articulate. Um, that uh, I and. Graduated with an engineering degree, um, spent some time in the service, spent uh, four and a half years in the Marine Corps, and then really launched into my industrial career uh, where for um, over 30 years I was uh, involved in the aerospace and defense business. And at the end of that career, um, ended up running several organizations uh, with profit and loss responsibility. Um, And it was during that time where I was struggling with some issues in one of the companies that I was running, trying to figure out how to really turn the corner. It was an underperforming organization. Um, We really hadn't met our goals, really didn't have goals established. And so we were wandering a little bit, um, lost. Um, And one of my gentlemen uh, that worked for me handed me a book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And he said, Paul, you look like you're struggling. Take a look at this. And that's a book by Pat Lencioni. Um, and really talked about uh, organizational health, what to look for, um, and how to go about putting some structure in place that would help improve the organizational performance. I read the book, um, and it was very pertinent to the issues that we were dealing with as an organization, Um, so I hired my first coach, and um, actually worked with that coach for about three years and had uh, enjoyed a significant turnaround in the performance of the company. And that's when I became a real advocate of uh, business performance coaching. Um, And so as my career possessed, uh, progressed, excuse me, um, and I got to a point where I was looking to make a transition from my industrial career, Um, I decided to become a coach because it had been so effective uh, for me as a business operator, business owner, um, that I decided to dedicate the back end of my career to helping business owners implement the same kind of uh, changes to increase their business performance. So that's kind of how I ended up where I am today.
1: I'm going to ask you about uh, what you see as the attributes of a uh, broken culture in a moment, but uh, I would like to preface it with, uh, in reviewing your materials for this podcast, what struck me is that it's all um, ethical values, corporate values, the really foundational values that every a business has to have, and I was wondering if you could walk us through those because uh, in the realm of compliance and ethics, many compliance officers will get stuck in policies and procedures and things you have to do and boxes you have to check. Uh, but that you go about it in a in a very different way. So could you walk us through that?
0: Sure. Um, the the premise of a lot of business owners is that performance is what's critical, right? So we're looking at the numbers. Um, looking at sales, looking at profitability, uh, looking at all of the different financial aspects. One of the things that I found, and it goes back to my leadership experience in the Marine Corps, um, and it's proven to be true in industry, is that um, organizational health is really critical. Uh, If you don't have a healthy organization that's rallied around a common cause, that has a common vision, that operates on the same common set of values then performance is going to be an elusive thing. But if you can organize a company, an organization around those principles that you hold at the heart of the company, then the financial performance tends to follow. And that's really the premise. And as I mentioned earlier, um, Patrick Lynchione, who's a prolific writer in this area, you know, he, he states that organizational health trumps all else. And I found that to really be the case. Um, And so I'll use uh, a business meeting, right, so as as kind of a model for discussion. Um, One of the things that I found in in my own organizations um, is there are a lot of assumptions on leaders' parts, right? Uh, In their mind, there's a clear view of what they're trying to accomplish it, how they're trying to accomplish it. And so they assume that that's clearly communicated throughout the organization and everybody's on the same page the reality is that it usually is not the case that a lot of the things that the owner expects or the business leader expects haven't been articulated and therefore the people on in the organization don't really know what's expected or how to apply their skills and capabilities to achieve those objectives so if you think about a typical business meeting you know one of the the fundamental problems or issues that organizations deal with is there's a lack of trust, right? So if you think about a business meeting and where you bring together all of the different heads of your functional departments and you're sitting around and you're talking about issues relevant to the business performance and a lot of heads are down, people are taking notes, um, not a lot of dialogue, not a lot of comments, Um, that's usually indicative of there's a lack of of trust, that people are reluctant to speak up and put their ideas on the table because they feel vulnerable and that they haven't built that trust with the rest of the team. Um, And you'll also see that represents itself as a fear of conflict, right? So nobody's going to raise a contrary point to whoever the leader of that meeting is um, for fear of being ridiculed, fear of being wrong. Um, and, and so that absence of trust and that fear of conflict really do kind of hamstring the organization from having constructive dialogue around the things that are most important to organizational success. Um, that fear of, of conflict and absence of trust leads to a lack of commitment right? So a lot of these meetings, people will be quiet during the meeting. If you walk out afterwards, you'll find them talking in the hall, saying things about the business proposition that the meeting was around, um, out in the hallway over the water cooler that they wouldn't say in public. And so that leads a lack to a lack of commitment of any decision that was made out of that meeting. People haven't bought in. And therefore, people aren't accountable for any actions that came out of that meeting. And without accountability, you really don't achieve the level of performance that you're looking for. So those are kind of the things I look for as I walk into an organization. You know, it, is there that kind of silent acquiescence, then that, uh, you know, chatting around about things that should have been said in the meeting around a water cooler? Um, and then you can really kind of look at the overall performance of the organization to see that impact.
1: Uh, that's a really a great insight and a great way to uh... – either stress test or maybe even self-assess where your organization might be. But if I could maybe move to the next step, how do you uh, – mm-hmm. or what do you see as a catalyst for change or how do you communicate that to a client or potential client?
0: Well, the, again, the, what, it, what I start with is trying to work with the business leader on what are their real their intentions, right? What is it they're trying to accomplish? And while most people think it's clearly understood and articulated, when you sit down with a business leader and say, "What you know? What are your goals? What's your vision for the organization? Um, what are the cultural um, foundation that you build your organization on? How do you kind of build that cohesion?" You'll find I find that a lot of folks have thoughts about it, but really haven't been able to clearly articulate it. And if they can't articulate it to themselves or me in the quiet of a, of a private meeting, then it certainly isn't clear to the uh, organization, and therefore the organization has a hard time getting behind those things because they're not understood. So one of the key, um, i say, indicators of change or requirement for change is, is, is exactly that, that the business owner... Um, can't articulate that, therefore hasn't communicated that to the organization, and therefore it's that guiding light, if you will, is not, is not present. So that's a good indication that, that some things may need to be done differently. Um, one of the things that, that I really find powerful, there's a gentleman that a lot of people may be aware of or have watched some of his TED Talks, but um, Simon Sinek talks about the power of, of why. And when you're talking about change, organizational change, why is one of the most important questions that the business leader needs to answer and then communicate to the organization? Most of the time, if people ask us what we do, we talk in terms of the of the what and the how, right? So um, I'm a plumber, and I'll go to people's houses, and I use the um, industry standard or in, in, you know, industry best practices to implement my trade, but you don't really get to the, the why and why is what really attracts people, um, to commit to a cause, right? I mean, if you look at, um, uh, I'll say Apple, right. And, and Apple is a great example. And Simon uses that in his, his Ted talk, um, people align themselves with the, why people do things, right. So I'm a business coach because I'm passionate about helping business owners, working with business owners to achieve their objectives. Um, You know, I can tell you what I do and I can tell you how I do it, but the why is what really draws people to each other. And if you can start to cast your organizational goals and objectives and values in terms of the why you do it, what you'll find is people will draw themselves to you because of that why. You'll get a lot more dedication out of your people. A lot of those kind of dysfunctional concepts will fall by the wayside because people are empowered and impassioned um, to join you because of what you do, not or because of why you do it, not what you do. Um, so there are a lot of different indications to change. If, if people don't understand what the owner is trying to do, that's a good indication. Rallying around the why is a very uh, important way to try and implement and begin to communicate that change.
1: Paul, well, many of the people uh, all listening to this podcast really focus on process. And process in a a number of different areas, whether it be legal, whether it be tech, whether it be uh, compliance, whether it be finance, internal audit, et cetera. But I was wondering uh, what you might suggest or how you help an organization think through the process for change after you've uh, really helped them through the why question.
0: Certainly, um, and and there is a model. It, it's um, you know fairly straightforward, but some of the most difficult things are probably some of the easiest to articulate, right? Um, and so, so the process that that I encourage and that I work with my clients on is is really working around. Um, I'll call it getting clarity, right? So, developing the you know what is it you're really trying to do, and this starts with the owner. Um, and, and then spreads out through the rest of the organization, but really working with the business leaders on, you know, what is their vision, mission, and core competencies of the organization, right? And, and the why, what is it you're trying to do? So really getting clarity in the, in the business owner's mind of what are those key aspects of what they're trying to accomplish. And what are the things that the the, if you will, the guardrails by which they're trying to accomplish, right? So the the values are as important as the objective, because that really um, helps motivate people to to do what's right and and accomplish the objective in a way that's meaningful to the business owner and to the organization and to the individuals. And through that clarity, what you're really doing with the business leader is helping, to create the culture that will really drive the business, right? And once you've been able to do that, once we've been able to do that with the business leadership, then we start to broaden it out through a communications campaign. So what that ends up with is clarity on the part of the business leadership team, and then clear communications, which begins to align the rest of the organization around those those critical um, vision, mission, and values that are going to help drive the organization. And once you've gotten that alignment with the organization on the future state, then you can start really looking at improving your business effectiveness. And, and I call that the people processes and, and systems, right? So that's where the processes come in. Once you are able to articulate what that vision is around those values, then you're able to start talking about uh, you know bringing in the right people, bringing in the right processes and the right systems that will help further align the organization around those uh, clarity principles. Then you're really in a position to growth. So now you're starting to look at market uh, conditions. You know, Can I expand my, my, my clientele? Do I have adjacent markets I can go to? Are there different products that I can introduce? So now you're positioned for growth, which leads to an increase in the sales. And through that whole process, we're looking at the individual leadership so that the people in the company that have been there at the foundational level can grow with the company as they start to enjoy their success. So that's kind of the theoretical process or, you know, hands-on process really, if you will, that I encourage.
1: So Paul, it strikes me that this process can work for an entire organization. It could perhaps work for a department. It could work for a corporate function. Uh, It could work for middle management and helping them uh, with their direct reports and employees to do, uh, would that be a fair assessment?
0: Yes. I mean, the, the thing that, that I find so powerful about it is it really is agnostic, right? Um, it, it works best at the organizational level. So departments, companies, whatever it may be that you're trying to get aligned around that purpose, um, it, it's, it's appropriate for. Um, and, and the good news is what it really allows an organization to do is get everybody on board and unleash everybody's capabilities towards a common goal. And a lot of times that's really what's missing within an organization is that um, people have individual agendas that aren't necessarily aligned. So they are counterproductive. They don't build that trust. They can't communicate clearly. Um, There's a misperception that conflict is bad. Actually conflict that's non-personal, but around the objectives of the business leads to uh, clear communication It unleashes everybody's ideas. You get the best ideas on the table. So yeah, the process works at, at every different level and really against uh, across any uh, of a variety of industries. I haven't found uh, an industry or a market space that the process does not apply to.
1: Paul, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time on this podcast, but I was wondering if listeners wanted more information about you or your services, where can they go or how can they find you?
0: Well, thank you very much for the opportunity, Tom. Um, Certainly, I would welcome calls. My number is uh, 713-838-6122. Or you can go to my website, which is paul at thexlcoach.com. And if you'd like to engage in a free 30-minute conversation, there's a link there where you can get on my calendar and we can talk about this further. But, Tom, thanks so much for the opportunity to address your your, uh, base.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Again, I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership. If you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Please check out our research for additional reading if you're interested in finding out more about William Howard Taft. We found the research for this podcast fascinating. I hope you'll join us again for our next series of episodes. Where we're going to take a deep dive into Theodore Roosevelt the 26th president of the United States. I know you will enjoy it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and we look forward to visiting with you again. 12 O'Clock High, a podcast on business leadership, is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network and a proud member of C-Suite Radio.
0: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.